This is Join the Dots. So this is day three of COP26, 3rd of November 2021. Um, today was the finance day. And I'm going to read some key policy developments from an email I received from Aldersgate Group. Chancellor of the Exchequer Rishi Sunak announced that he was making net zero transition plans mandatory for financial institutions and listed companies. Dull, but very important. The US rejoined the high ambition coalition to achieve 1.5 degree goal at UN climate talks. Um, Japan has pledged up to 10 billion in new climate finance. Good. UK and India announced a plan to improve interconnections between the world's electricity power grids. Long way from UK to India and back. Mark Carney, who was um, the chief executive of Bank of England, um, the one before now, um, and he's done quite a lot for environment and banking. He's got a Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero and announced it can secure 130 trillion in climate finance commitments. All of these and a couple more headlines are going into our show notes. Mega bucks, as you would call them, and that's very good. Um, in my small way, I was also in a sustainable finance and in a natural capital environmental accounting event this morning organized by British Standards Institute and International Standards Organization. And I was in the afternoon in an event for economics students and others and online audiences on economics of net zero. I mentioned two events in the first one, on uh, sustainable finance and accounting, there are a couple of language points that I wanted to make and I made in these talks. Um, one is that let's all not talk about spending on the environment, spending on nature, expenditure on nature, expenditure on the environment. Let's all talk about investment because we're investing in something good that keeps us keeps on giving, making life possible, but our entire economic activity, our entire society is based on nature and us really start looking after it properly. So let's not talk about the money we spend um, to, to do that as expenditure, but let's talk about it as investment. And the second point related is that we will get a lot of benefits from doing this. Um, but let's not sort of focus on what we want and label everything as and also. Uh, so let's not just say net zero, net zero, net zero and achieving net zero um, will also have co-benefits like reducing air pollution, improving health, improving access to green space you know, um, reduce electricity bills or whatever. But it's actually, let, let's start talking about possibility of delivering lots of benefits by making good decisions. In the first event, we were asked about um, social issues 
Um, do we think about social issues, distribution, just transition? So transition of economy to net zero and adaptive, resilient economy in a just, equitable way. Um, when you look at impacts of climate change, like seeing how flood risk will change over the country, even in the UK, um, or see where the water shortages will happen in the near future, if you overlay those maps over maps of population and socioeconomics, you find that where the climate change risks are highest are also where most of the people live. And we know that people in lower income groups already are under pressure, not just ec economically, but also they live in poorer housing conditions. They have less access to green space. Uh, they live in dirtier parts of town and um, their predicament will get worse. We're not doing it for um, middle class, upper class people. We're doing uh, resilient economy, resilient decisions for everybody. So we must understand how different groups are affected and have them at the table hear their voices when decisions are made. The second uh, event today was on economics of net zero, but I did talk about investing in nature to ensure uh, that net zero can be delivered um, because one climate change risk is, for example, degrading soils, degrading peatlands and and we talked about in our fish episode um, just earlier, or sorry, yeah, in, in October, uh, that ocean acidification warming up is releasing carbon stores or reducing natural environment's ability to store carbon. So there's no point trying to reach net zero through technology, through behavior change when we're losing our natural environment's ability to store carbon. We need to think about these things all together. But it is possible, these things are very complex, but it's possible to understand them. Um, the solution to complexity is not simplification. It is mindful, patient and um, inquisitive inquiry through the evidence. And in some ways, that's why we wanted to do this podcast, because it gives us more opportunity to explore these things. Anyway, enough of me. Uh, at the end of the second uh, event this afternoon, I interviewed uh, our chair, uh, who is the chief economist to the Scottish government. Let's hear what he had to say. So after the second uh, panel of today, I'm that that was chaired. Sorry, that was chaired by um, Gary Gillespie, chief economist to the Scottish government. Um, I caught him in the in the corridor, and I just wanted to ask you, Gary, um, how does it feel to be hosting COP26 in Glasgow? Oh, it's great! It's great uh, privilege and to have so many delegates come to Glasgow. I'm a Glaswegian myself, so. I live near, quite near where the conference centre is and to see all the people coming. I managed to get into the conference yesterday and to see the energy there and the amount of people there, obviously to try and get a positive outcome from COP26. So hopefully it will deliver. I hopefully people feel welcome from the, the Glasgow citizens and hopefully the weather stays dry for a few more days. Oh, Glasgow is always welcoming. And whenever I come, actually, it's dry. 
<laughs> I don't know when it's raining, but um, and what what do you think would be the best outcome from COP? Well, a really strong commitment towards staying below one and a half percent. I think we really need to get that. Uh, it's really strong. I think getting practical actions and commitments and a strong follow-up. This is really, really crucial for us at this time to ensure that we can deliver on the commitments that are there. I know that's really challenging, but I think that's, given the crisis that we face, that has to be the reality, I think. I know, you're saying challenging because I raised my eyebrows when you said stay below one and a half degrees, but we mustn't give up, right? We have to keep the the positive determination and yeah. keep, keep I mean, the pressure up. Yeah, but why? If, as soon as we start slipping on one, it will slip to the next. So set the ambition as high as we can. And if we don't reach that, every... F- every degree or every centimetre over that or whatever the terminology is, is important because it's a non-linear system we've got and we've got to try and bring it back, haven't we? Thank you very much. No bother. Pleasure to speak to you and I really enjoyed our panel discussion earlier. Have a good day. (laughs) Me too, you too. I'm going to go to the blue zone and the green zone or one or the other tomorrow. And Friday is a big day for me. I'm going to meet up with Jill in the evening and one other inspirational woman during the day. Not Sabina this time, um, although I hope I'll meet her soon as well, but another inspirational woman. And on Saturday, there will be a demo. I think on Friday there's a demo as well, but I do have a work commitment. Um, And on Saturday, there will be another um, global day for climate justice um, and hope I can report from there. A quick addition to day three, um, it being the finance day at COP today, we've been meaning to have an episode on ethical pensions and there will be a, such an episode next year. Listen to this space. Thank you for listening and we'd love to hear from you on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook.